Asari is a Swahili word, so from Kenya and from East Africa, meaning impact. So it's all about the impact that I can have on young people and women and the impact that they will have on the world. Hi, friends. This is the Working Progress Podcast, and welcome back to today's episode. We interview people who successfully switch careers because we believe that change is possible and change really needs to come from yourself. So we want to showcase that this is possible and this is how some people have done in the past. And that brings me to today's guest, Amanda. Amanda is a coach who helps people find their purpose-driven careers. Before bringing her coaching service full-time, she had about 10 years of experience in both nonprofit and working in sales at a tech startup. We talked about the struggles she had while turning her side hustle into a full-time business and the useful skills she brought with her from the nonprofit days. And what exactly is the meaning behind her brand, right? If you're curious, just like I was, the answers are all in this episode and I would like to invite you to join us and to hear Amanda tell her own story. So without further ado, this is Amanda. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Working Progress Podcast. Today, we're talking to Amanda, and we found her because I was browsing on Instagram the other day. Amanda's account showed up in my feed, and I was really impressed with, I think it was actually a post about your transition from a nonprofit to where you are today, where you started a career coaching service online. And I think it's just super awesome and really impressive that you're able to provide services to people who are looking to change their careers. So I think it would be a good idea for Amanda to talk to us a little bit about what she currently does and what she did and what she did before. And we will go from there with the questions. Amazing. Thanks so much, Dana. So I was born and raised in Toronto, and I always grew up surrounded by a lot of volunteer initiatives and philanthropic initiatives, and I was doing a lot of work with charities and nonprofit organizations, so that's really where my career started. I did study business at the Richard Ivey School of Business at Western University in London, Ontario, uh, but I was super passionate about doing something that was making a positive impact in the world, which is why... Even with my business background, I decided to get into the nonprofit and international development world. So I actually have two career transitions. The first career transition was from, I was working in the nonprofit world for years, and I worked in Kenya, I worked in Guyana, in South America, and the Caribbean. So a lot of my work was overseas working on women's entrepreneurship programs and projects, youth programs, leadership, education. Uh, health health programs. So I worked on a lot of programs overseas in East Africa and the Caribbean in the nonprofit world. And my first career transition was when I decided I wanted to explore the for-profit world. And so I made that transition. And I remember, I guess the biggest thing to note about that transition was I was trying to figure out, I was I was a program manager and a project manager in the nonprofit world, wearing many different hats, doing a lot of different things there and running different programs. And I was trying to see how I, what, what role would I do in the for-profit world? How would I fit? So that first career transition, when I moved to the for-profit world, I actually figured out that business development and sales was my thing and that that's what I was, I really enjoyed doing. And that's where I fit into the for-profit world. And I ended up becoming the top sales rep at, uh, at a fast-growing tech company here in Toronto. So that was my first sort of career transition. And then the second career transition that I recently made in the fall was that I left my job at the tech startup in, as the top sales rep, and I decided to become a full-time self-employed entrepreneur. So now I'm running my career coaching business full-time and and I uh, have that entrepreneurial life going on. <laughs> nice. That's great. Congratulations, by the way. I know it's um, uh, just a few months ago that you got started, and it's super exciting. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I was starting, I actually uh, 
I initially launched my career coaching business. It's called Asari. Asari is a Swahili word, so from Kenya and from East Africa, meaning impact. So it's all about the impact that I can have on young people and women and the impact that they will have on the world Mm. in their, in their careers and impact Mm. and purpose-driven careers. And so I actually started my Athari career coaching business a year and a half ago in July, 2018. Um, So I was, I was running it on the side. It was my side hustle for a year and a half. And then as of October, uh, when I left my previous job, now it is full time. Great. Um, I guess I'm. I'm really interested. So I've talked to career coaches before, but not in the um, the developing world. So tell me a little bit more about it. What What do you usually do? What What is usually like a session with a client like? Yes, amazing. Okay, so my my core program, my job search program, is five sessions. So five one hour sessions. Currently, I do it one on one, and the first session is really figuring out what you want. It's like planning out your map and planning out the end goal and the end destination of where you want to be. How much money do you want to make? What city or what country do you want to live in and do you want to work in? What are you passionate about? What type of roles interest you? What are your dream companies and organizations to work at? What new challenges do you want to take on? What skills do you want to develop? So my first session is getting really, really, really clear about what you want through different activities like doing a vision board and other exercises that I have them complete and also figuring out what is their personal elevator pitch? What is your elevator pitch? If you, if you meet someone for coffee or you have a phone chat or you're at an event and you're trying to, you're looking for work and you're exploring new opportunities, how are you presenting yourself to people professionally? So that's my first session. The second and third session are both resume and cover letter upgrades. Um, the fourth session is talking about networking. May I make connections for my clients. I have a big network, so I help them with connecting and networks and just making new connections related to what they're interested in. And the fifth session is an interview prep session. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I believe in really like holistic coaching. You know, I'm here to help my clients succeed and to here to help them achieve the greatest success possible and to achieve their dream job, not just any job, not just an average job. And I really do go above and beyond. So while I have that one hour session where we meet in person and we go discuss, go through this five session um, job search program, I also provide unlimited support by phone, over WhatsApp, email. So I really do go above and beyond with my clients um, outside of those sessions as well. And this is all, um, this is mostly in, I, I guess, you mentioned a couple of countries. I didn't catch all of them. Kenya and? So my main clients that I work with, I'm based in, Tor- in Toronto, Canada. So I'm based in Toronto. Right. And so most of my clients right now I work with are here in Toronto. But I also okay. have a client in Ottawa. I can work with clients all around the world. Mm. So, and I do plan to take my coaching business online where I will have clients all around the world. My connection to Kenya is that I used to work in Kenya 10 years ago, and I do have a family that I support there. And mm. that that is part of the reason I started up my coaching business is to provide a sustainable income source to mm. fund the family's education, uh, their school fees, school supplies, post-secondary education in the future. So mm. that is my connection to Kenya. And I do go Got back it. to in East Africa frequently, and I plan to do more career coaching and speaking and consulting there as well. When you said that uh, first you started in nonprofit and then you went into the for-profit uh, sector working for the tech company, what was what inspired you to make that change? Great question. So I love the focus in the nonprofit world on making an impact in the world and helping other people and you know doing something that was actually meaningful and purposeful and good for the world. However, I, as a business student and as someone that is very big on results and innovation and technology Mm -hmm. and just being really forward thinking and efficient, I felt like there were a lot of, there were a lot of challenges in the nonprofit world. There were a lot of inefficiencies. Sometimes there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy, and you're a lot of times you're constantly reporting 
you're, you're constantly asking for money and writing proposals for grants and for funding. And then you're also constantly having to report to those donors and, and funders. And I felt like there were a lot of things about the nonprofit world that were not as efficient and as, and as effective and innovative as, as I wanted them to be. And so I really focused on, I found this space called social enterprise and social entrepreneurship. And for those that don't know what social entrepreneurship is, social entrepreneurship is the space between nonprofit and for-profit. So a social enterprise is a for-profit company that has a mission of doing something good, that has a mission of using business as a force for good and having a triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit. And the reason why I wanted to move into social enterprise and that for-profit space is because there's a lot of, I, I really truly believe that, you know, the sustainability factor of a for-profit business is really valuable, forward thinking, innovative, the technology, efficiency, there's a lot of benefits to running a for-profit company. And I think the ability to scale and to make an even greater impact as a for-profit company is there. So it was really this, this, the challenges and the problems I saw saw in the nonprofit world, and I recognized, you know what, businesses can can make a really really big positive impact in the world, and social enterprise is really, in my opinion, the way to go because you have for profit sustainable businesses that have at their core of what they do making an impact in the world as well. Got it. Okay. And how was that transition? How did you go from, I'm not sure if you have any, um, I think it was, you mentioned sales. So did you have any experience in sales that helped you transition into um, the, the tech company? Or was it just some skills that you already have that, you know, you're very, let's say, very good at selling? <laughs> yeah, this is such a good question. Because Sales, I'm so passionate about careers in sales. I absolutely love sales and business development and partnership development and talking to people. The thing about sales is that even for myself, I went to business school and no one talked about careers in sales. No one ever, ever introduced it to us. No one even talked to, talked to us about it as an opportunity or as, a, as something to explore. So no one really talked about careers in sales. And so I really didn't even consider it because it was, it wasn't something that was ever talked about. And then I remember when I was trying to figure out, well, I've been doing project management, program management. Where am I going to fit in a, in a for-profit startup? Like, do I fit into marketing? Do I do strategy? Do I work in like some type of office management role? Or I, I didn't really know all the roles that existed out there in the for-profit world and exactly where it would fit. So I think the biggest thing is just exploration, talking to people, you know, reading articles, browsing through job sites and job descriptions, exploring company websites, attending events. I'm a big, big believer in just exploration and networking when you're just for professional purposes, when you're looking for a job, when you're considering a career change. The most important thing is to talk to as many people as possible and to attend events with speakers and you know, to read as much as you can online and to get as just to explore and to network as much as possible. And I, I actually had a connection with a, a small for-profit startup company and social enterprise. I already had a connection with them. I was basically an advisor for them and an opportunity and a role came up that I applied for, which was the social impact lead at their company. And what I realized through my seven months working with them was I was introduced to business development and sales. And it wasn't the it wasn't the entire part of my job. It was just a small part of my job. But I realized that I really, really liked talking to people, building relationships, building partnerships, and that that was my thing. I was like, okay, business development. This is my thing. This is this is what I'm going to do in the for profit world. Um, I had no. I, so I had no, I would say, formal sales experience at a for-profit company or in a traditional sales role. However, in the nonprofit world, I was doing sales. We just did, we just didn't call it sales. It was called fundraising, 
outreach, Uh volunteer recruitment, community engagement. So there were all these other terms in the nonprofit world. For example, fundraising is a great one. Um, We just didn't call it sales. And I didn't even realize it was sales until I got into business development and sales. And I said, oh, I've been doing this in the nonprofit world for years. We just never Mm -hmm. called it sales. That's great. I like how when you realize that there are a lot of experiences from your past that you can actually take with you forward to the next career and, you know, multiple careers op- options. There is actually a lot of options out there that sometimes you may not realize you have. A hundred percent. I agree. And I think that a lot of people, you know, when they, if you do reflection and you write down all the skills and experience, Experience and everything that you've learned and gained in your life and projects and school and, you know, side hustles and hobbies and volunteer experiences and jobs and work experiences. If you actually reflect on all of the skills and the experience that you have, a lot of that is very, very, very applicable to lots of other job opportunities. And I think the startup industry actually is a really good example of there's a lot of really cool startup organizations and companies that they don't necessarily look for for you to have experience in that specific role previously. They more look at you holistically. And even if you come from a completely different industry or role or background, they're still open to looking at what skills and experience you have to offer and who you are and your your soft skills and your passion. And just as an example, um, Dana, we had at the company I worked at, the startup company I worked at, we had um, a top our top sales rep at the company, and he was a chef before getting into mm. things. Oh my god! <laughs> nice. So he transitioned from working as a chef, and he was like, "I don't want to be a chef anymore. It's stressful. It's long hours. You know, the pay isn't great." And he decided to transition to become a, to get into sales at a tech company with no previous sales experience. And he is, he's crushing it and he's the top sales rep at the company. That's really cool. Um, I think one thing that you mentioned that's really interesting um, is that sales is not taught in business school. It's actually a conversation I had when I was in business school too, because there were classmates of mine that were in sales and then, you know, we're like, how come we don't learn? There's not a class called sales or introductions of how to sell to people or anything like that. So yeah, that is very true. It's just not taught. Um, I'm guessing maybe because it's just such a multifaceted kind of a role where you really need to incorporate a lot of different knowledge from different fields. So you almost need to know a little bit about marketing. You almost need to know a little bit about operations and then obviously talking to people, working with clients. So yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I want to know, like, so once you transitioned from a nonprofit to a for-profit in the business development um, um, function, did you find anything interesting that you didn't realize that a business, business dev person in for-profit um, would be doing this versus, you know, your role in the nonprofit world? I mean, there were there were a lot of differences, I think, in terms of the structure and the operations and the strategy and the approach. I think that the company that I worked at, uh, it was a fast-growing tech company here in Toronto called Hi Mama. It's an app for daycares and childcare centers. So mm-hmm. it helps parents communicate with teachers and teachers can document everything that's happening in the classrooms. And it's all digital instead of on paper. And at Hi Mama, I think one of the things that I that that I really liked about the for-profit world and about this transition was the, the hustle and the efficiency that we had. Like we hustled really, really, really hard, and our efficiency and the productivity and the results that we had was mm-hmm. was tremendous. And I learned a lot of things about how to be wildly successful. Mm -hmm. Um, and how to achieve just like tremendous results. That's like a big thing that I learned in my sales role. And Mm -hmm. I think the, obviously there was, I often seem that even though our company, our tech company was very lean and bootstrapped, you know, there was more, a lot more money, more resources. I think the management and the leadership team was really, really, really strong and really 
uh, focused on results and really mm-hmm. focused on high growth. And so that was a big difference. And um, I, the business development role itself, like a lot of it were things I was doing in the nonprofit world, like cold calling. I had already had experience <laughs> calling in the nonprofit world because I worked for the Canadian Foundation for AIDS Research, where we were cold calling high schools across Canada to offer them free HIV AIDS posters and materials and resources and condoms and red ribbons for World Mm -hmm. AIDS Day. So I I already had cold calling experience in the nonprofit world already. And then Mm -hmm. I was doing that in the for-profit world. But the the level of efficiency and productivity was a lot higher in the for-profit world. And just the volume of people that we called in a day and our success and our results and the amount of deals we closed. And um, I think from like a strategic standpoint, the the leadership and the management team that I worked with at Hi Mama, they they were really, really, really smart, intelligent, driven, hardworking people that knew how to be successful. And I it was a really good experience to to just see how the I think the efficiency and the results and the drive and the hustle that I found working at that for profit company. Got it. And when did you start to have the idea of, you know, starting something on your own on the side? So this stems back to, I would say, a very, like years ago, 10 years ago, even when I was in university and I studied business, I specialized in entrepreneurship. I knew I was going to start my own business. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur one day. So entrepreneurship has always been a goal of mine. And then I was like, I really want to start my own business before I turn 30. Mm -hmm. And so it was about, I had already been coaching and mentoring young people. I had already been helping them with resumes and cover letters. I had already been making connections and introductions for them. So I was already doing this informally on the side and voluntarily. I just wasn't getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I wanted to officially start my own business before I turned 30. And I also wanted to have another sustainable income source to support my family in Kenya. Mm-hmm. And I was I was ready to to take on this challenge and to just go for it. So I started my business in July 2018. And I again I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was already doing a lot of mentorship and coaching. But mm-hmm. then I, I decided, you know what, I'm turning, I'm almost turning 30 and I wanted to make this happen before I turned 30. So I did it I got <laughs> two months before my 30th birthday. Oh, awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it when people set goals and reach them and I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> That's great. Um, so was it, I, I'm assuming uh, from what you mentioned, it didn't sound like a scary or like a difficult transition. You've already had a lot of the experiences that's necessary to to, to start your own business in the line of career coaching. But you, previously, you were just not really asking for, the, uh, for, um, for people to pay you. And now you are. And I'm assuming it's, it wasn't like a rough transition. Well, <laughs> I would say no. It, it it wasn't easy. It hasn't been mm-hmm. smooth, and I'll tell you. I'll I tell see. you why. So okay. for two reasons. For two reasons. So first of all, as much as I have so much, like I studied entrepreneurship, I specialized in entrepreneurship. I've worked with hundreds of young entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs in different parts of the world, and I've managed entrepreneurship programs and projects. As much as I've done that, being your own entrepreneur and starting your own business is so challenging and so scary. And there's there's just so much to do. And it's definitely, it's definitely, I would say, the biggest career challenge I have taken on and that I think most people will take on is starting your own business. Um, so even though I have like so much background and experience, it's it's still been challenging. And I will tell you one of the most challenging and I think scary things is just financially because I, mm. I did have a salary and I had a really good salary at my last job. I, I was, I was making six figures and 
that was, I was very comfortable financially and I was saving good money. And, um, and then I, you know, I live alone. I'm a single woman in downtown Toronto. So I have, you know, my rent is 2000 a month and I have like a lot of bills to pay and mm-hmm. I'm on. My- so transitioning to be a full-time entrepreneur, I think was the most stressful part was it has been the financial side of things, just like that hands down. It's scary. It's really, really scary and it's challenging and it's stressful, but I think it just makes it that much more rewarding when you bring on a new client and when you bring mm-hmm. in new income. Come and when you achieve, you know, new success because you've worked so hard for it. Um, mm-hmm. but, but the other thing I will very openly and vulnerably share because I am a career coach and I do believe that storytelling and accepting our own mistakes and failures is really important is I actually didn't choose to leave my previous job. I was actually terminated by my employer. Um, and the shocking thing about it all was that I love my job. I was a top sales rep. I was a company advocate. I was a company champion. And uh, unfortunately, I was involved in an incident, um, you know, that I fully, fully take ownership of for my own mistakes and failures. But at the same time, our company had no HR. There was no HR team, professionals. We had 100 people at the company. And it was handled by our finance director, who, as far as I know, has no HR experience at all. And uh, I am currently involved with, um, with lawyers and <laughs> um, talking to our professionals just to see how to handle the situation. But the, the second thing I would say is my transition was not planned. And my transition was not, was not something I was ready for. It happened very, very, very abruptly. It happened very quickly. And um, my life was really like flipped upside down this past October. And um, I was in a very difficult situation, emotionally, mental health, financial stress, uh, just the situation and what I was going through and how it was dealt with was really, really harmful to my reputation and, and was really harmful to to me as a human being. And um, I'm still dealing with that now. And I'm, I'm positively moving forward and looking at this as a blessing in disguise because now I can build my own business and pursue my passion for helping other young people and women find their dream jobs and I can do this full time. But the thing I would say is my recent career transition, it was not planned and it was, it was, I was, I, nothing was, (laughs) I wasn't ready for it. And it was, it was, it's been a very, very challenging and stressful past couple months just because of what I've been dealing with and, um, how the situation was handled. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. I appreciate it. But it's it's wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. Because I think, you know, sometimes yeah. people just don't feel comfortable sharing things like that. But we all do yeah. know that it can happen. And for a variety of reasons. And I think it's just great to hear that, you know, you have no problem sharing it, even though it kind of felt like it was an unplanned decision that you had to make and you kind of just had to become self-employed. But you, I want to say along the way, you've already been doing it. So you were kind of already preparing yourself for that. It's just that, you know, timing probably wasn't the most ideal or what you would, you know, what you had wanted. But I still think that, you know, like you said, it is a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And the biggest thing I would, the biggest message I would give to other young people and other women and other individuals considering career changes or going through any type of like a termination, wrongful dismissal, if you were let go, if you were fired, if your contract comes to an end, the biggest advice I can give, because I am, I'm an example of, I am a career coach. I was a top sales rep at that company. I was a company champion. I was a company advocate. I Mm -hmm. loved my job. I openly talked about how much I love my job. And, and, and I was fired. And so I want people to know that being terminated from your job and being fired and being let go or your contract coming to an end and not being renewed, that does mm-hmm. not mean that you're a bad person. That does not mean that you can't get an incredible job or your dream job following that, you know, and companies make mistakes all the time, all the time. And they let people go for the wrong reasons. Wrongful dismissal happens all the time. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, and also as human beings, we make our own mistakes too. So my biggest advice is if you're fired, if you were terminated, if your contract comes to an end, 
you know, don't, you know, think of it as a blessing in disguise and reflect on what did you learn and what did you gain from that experience and, and what do you want next and, and look forward to that new opportunity, uh, which could be, which will be much, much greater than what you had previously. After all of that, um, you became a self-employed entrepreneur and what was it like, you know, actually, you know, starting to working with your first clients, like, you know, at the moment when you're like, okay, I'm really now, um, employed by myself. I have my own clients that I'm working with. What was it like? And how did you have that first client? Did you, was it word of mouth or is it somebody that you knew in your network that needed help? How did you find that person? Yeah, this is actually a really cool story. So Again, as I mentioned, I had been mentoring and coaching young people on the side for years, for the past 10 years voluntarily. My actual first paid client, really interesting, he found me on Twitter or online somehow. He found my Twitter bio or my profile. He found my email. He figured out, like, he somehow found my work email at my previous company, not even, like, my personal email. And he sent me an email being like, hey, I'm a young person from Sweden. I'm looking to move to Toronto, Canada for work. I see you're a career coach and you're the perfect career coach for me. And it was interesting because at that time, I wasn't doing career coaching formally. And I, ha- I, I hadn't really even launched my own business. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me. I think I had used career coach in my title somewhere, even even though it was quite informal at the time and I hadn't really fully launched my coaching business. And he had somehow found me, reached out to me. I guess he liked my bio or what whatever he had found found out about me. And we started working together. And he was actually the one that offered to pay me. And he was actually the one that came up with a compensation of how much he wanted to pay me. And I was like, this is great. This is amazing. And I actually successfully helped him land a job in Toronto. So he oh, moved wow. to Toronto. Yeah. So he actually, my first client was, was a success and he moved to Toronto. And then following that, a lot, the next year and a half when it was my side hustle, a lot of it mm-hmm. was word of mouth. I didn't do I didn't do much marketing or sales at all. It was very organic. A lot of my clients were people that I knew, people I had worked with in the past, people in my personal and professional network. I also got a lot of clients from speaking at events. So I'm also a speaker. So I went back to my I went back to Western University and I also spoke at some sales and customer success career events and I got a lot of clients through speaking engagements as well. Around what time was it when you had your first client, paying client? I think that was about two years ago, two or two and a half years ago. And I don't know if you, if you don't, if you mind sharing this, but I'm just curious how many clients you have like on average uh, per month. Yeah, I've worked with, I would say in the past, past year and a half I've worked with close to between like 20 to 25 clients total mm-hmm. in in a month they're they are ongoing but in a in a month mm-hmm. I mean I really I would like to work with around 10 clients every month mm-hmm. currently currently I have just I, I would say I have about six or seven ongoing clients right now mostly in person one-on-one coaching online coaching is a massive, massive industry right now, especially for female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And uh, the beauty of online coaching is not only does it help you scale your business and achieve, you know, greater financial freedom, uh, but it also allows you to provide, you know, your valuable coaching services to people around the world and to be able to impact people, Mm -hmm. a greater number of people around the world. And I mean, globally, you know, the need the number of people that are unemployed, the number of people that are unhappy in their jobs, the number of people that are not making what they deserve, and the number of people that want to upgrade in their careers is, I mean, it's huge. The demand is huge. Yeah. And so if I, if I can take my business online, I can help a lot more people and I can scale and grow. And, you know, financially, the goal for me is to be able to send, I support three children in Kenya. And my goal is to be able to, you know, support all of them through post-secondary education. So for me, financial financial freedom and scaling my business for financial reasons is also 
really, really important because post-secondary education costs a fortune. And um, I need to be able to support these three children. So I am, go- I am planning on taking my business online. I already signed up with a coach that teaches people how to take their businesses online. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I am, I'm really excited to make that happen this year. Wonderful. I can't wait to see that. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's very um, is there a particular industry or like job title that you specialize in helping like placing people? I don't know if this is what career coaches tend yes. to like do. Oh, okay. So there is. Yes. yes. Great question. So I do have a niche. My niche is purpose-driven careers. So everything, my niche is aligned with my own personal and professional background. So it's for mainly young women, but I do work with men as well. Um, mm-hmm. But mainly young women that are interested in careers that, again, have an impact in the world, purpose-driven careers. So nonprofit, uh, international development, social enterprises, and also, of course, sales jobs and tech startups, because that's also my background. I mm-hmm. uh, corp- corporate social responsibility, sustain- sustainability, any any type of social innovation, any type of job that is making a positive impact in the world, th- those are the clients that I work with and that I focus on mm-hmm. um, because my background is in the nonprofit international development and startup world. What is the most common question people ask you when you first work with them? Let's take myself for an example. If I continue to not have success in my job search, I might want to work with a career coach at some point. And then I probably will maybe treat it kind of like a therapy session where I want to talk about what I've done, why is it not working and things like that. So um, yeah, do people come to career coaches with like certain problems and issues that they want to ask you how to correct or how to do better? Yeah, Angela, that's so interesting that you say that because while I obviously get a lot of questions about, hey, how can I improve my resume and I'm stuck, I don't know what to do next, I don't know how much money I want to make, I'm not sure what type of role or company I want to work for, I also I also actually deal with a lot of clients with dealing with depression, anxiety, mental health. And uh, so a lot of my coaching is is actually a lot more holistic and also focuses a lot on building self-esteem and building confidence and being able to confidently communicate and sell yourself in an interview and mindset, positive mindset, growth mindset, belief. So a lot of my coaching focuses around that. Common questions that I get and, and just a lot of my clients, a lot of my clients are stuck with the job search. So they're like, I don't know. I don't really know what I want next. I don't really know how to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have a network to connect with. Uh, that kind of thing. They're sort of stuck. They're lost. They're not really sure how to approach the job search or how to, like, strategy-wise, how to go about mm-hmm. doing the search. And then I would find a lot of other people are <clears throat> just figuring out what is the best opportunity for them and and exactly what they want like what type of role what type of company what are their interests what are their strengths what are they passionate about i also work with a lot of immigrants and esl speakers and new canadians that um are looking for their first job in canada uh or are struggling you know they've sent out dozens of job applications and have not heard back from anyone mm-hmm. so those are also a lot of the que- you know a lot of what what I receive and sort of thoughts and where my clients are at. Mm-hmm. Do you go to the point where you help them prepare interviews or is it generally just um, an overview of helping them how to kind of package themselves and how to like, you know, like you said, the um, resume, the cover letter, and then also working on the elevator pitch? Yes. So I also include uh, interview prep. My interview prep session is a full one hour interview prep session. So I really do the whole the whole full job search. So from our very first session is again like figuring out what they what they want to do, what they're good at, what they have to offer, and and creating a vision board and a roadmap of exactly what their dream job looks like. Mm-hmm. And then the cover letter, networking. So I have a whole session on networking and connect them to a bunch of people in my network and talk about what events they're going to attend and what coffee chats they're going to set up. 
and what jobs they want to apply for and how they can reach out to those people on LinkedIn to build mm-hmm. connections, relationships. And then the final session is interview prep. Um, I also support with negotiations. So if they get an offer, I support with negotiation and help to advise them on how to negotiate and, you know, talk about the contract and the offer. And if they have two different offers on the table, we also talk about that. Um, so it's, it's very holistic. I help them from the beginning of the job search all the way up until the end when they actually land a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say my biggest thing I would say about coaching and hiring a coach and hiring, hiring a career coach. Think about a coach is they're keeping you on track. They're holding you accountable. You have mm-hmm. homework to do that you have to complete before meeting with them. So there's, it's, it's a lot more efficient and it's a lot more strategic and it's someone to hold you accountable. It's also someone that's there to be your cheerleader and to be your friend and, and to chat with you and to give you advice and to support you and to encourage you and to inspire you. And I, that's one of the big reasons why I became a coach and why I love what I do and why I, I know I'm so good at what I do and why my cut, my clients tell me like, give me good feedback and results because I'm a real, I love being people's cheerleader and mm-hmm. I love just like being able to lift them up and encourage them and give them motivation and help build their confidence and their self-esteem. And I think everyone deserves to have that person that is cheering them on and that is giving them advice and guidance and mm-hmm. is there to like have their back and to support them, to help them achieve their career goals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I have firsthand experience successfully landing amazing, amazing, amazing jobs in the nonprofit world, international development, startup, mm-hmm. and I've been wildly successful at landing amazing opportunities, and that's mm-hmm. why I want to help people do the same. That's wonderful. So did you, like, let's go back to, all the way back to when you were maybe younger. Did you ever think that you would one day have a business that's, you know, for you to offer career coaching to young women, or was it something that, you know, you always wanted to do? So I think like from early childhood days, and even as a teenager, I don't, I think at those times, I did not know that I was going to be a business owner and start my own business and be a career coach or be an entrepreneur. I I Mm -hmm. definitely did not know that in high school. Mm -hmm. It was in it was in university when I learned more about entrepreneurship and I took an entrepreneurship certificate and I specialized in entrepreneurship at, in my business program. It was then that I knew I want to start my own business. I want to mm-hmm. be an entrepreneur. I want to do my own thing one day. And then I, I had been career, I had been coaching and mentoring young people on the side, but I didn't even know much about the coaching industry. Mm-hmm. And, it was only until a couple of years ago, I had a friend from university that started up her own coaching business and she helped, she basically helps women, uh, with manifestation, making more money. She also has a relationship, uh, component to her business where she helps young women, um, women not only make more money, but with their relationships and sex and having better sex. So it's like very much like manifestation manifesting what you want in life personal development Mm -hmm. financial success um relationship success and I took her course and it was that was my first course I took with a coach and then I was exposed to this massive coaching industry and now the coaching industry is is huge and it's blowing up and there's thousands of female coaches all around the world and um but I didn't know early on about the coaching industry. I had no idea I would become a career coach. I didn't even really know it was, it was like an option. Um, right. Until I really just like explored and discovered and networked and, and learned more about the fact that, Oh, this is, you know, career coaches exist and I can do this and I can be successful at it. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. Um, Actually, we have one last question. Actually, we're coming kind of close to the end of the hour. So um, my last question is kind of an interesting one. So um, I feel like you've had many different roles in the past. Um, you worked in nonprofit and you worked in for-profit and you also worked in sales and now you have your own business. You've obviously worked in many different countries and you help many different people 
with different backgrounds. So I was wondering with what you're doing right now and what you've done in the past, if you ever were to change your career again, what could that look like? <laughs> uh, I saw this question and I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I do want to actually, sorry, I do know. I do know. Yeah. So, <laughs> So my plan is to be not only an entrepreneur, but to be a serial entrepreneur. My ultimate goal is mm-hmm. to own several businesses, to start up several businesses, and to provide to provide employment to young people, to provide meeting employment, especially in developing countries. So back back in East Africa and Kenya, I really because unemployment is such a big challenge, and there's so many young people that are unemployed. My goal is to be able to provide employment specifically in Kenya. So I would like to start up as, you know, as many businesses as I can to be able to provide meaningful employment. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the businesses and sort of my goals that I have in mind, I've worked in early childhood education. I've worked with daycare and childcare owners and directors. And I know that industry really, really, really well from my work at High Mama. And so I, and I'm super passionate about children. I love children with all my heart. So I would absolutely love to open my own daycare and childcare center one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the, one of the businesses. And then just, just further social enterprises. I have, I have a lot of ideas of businesses and social enterprises that I want to start in Kenya. So I would like to start up a business there. Um, that would I that would be my next career transition. I will never work for anyone else full time. I am officially oh, I love full-time. that. <laughs> I'm officially self-employed now. Like I will work as a consultant or on contract or as a partner, but I don't work for anyone else full time. So I just plan my next career transition will just really be um, starting up another b- new business. Nice, wonderful, wonderful. I think. Um, you know, why, again, making an assumption that, you know, when people come to you, when people come to career coaches, they usually have like a role or a job that they want to go after, but they are, may or may not be having some issues where they just want extra help and guidance. Um, what do you suggest for people that, you know, are not necessarily sure what they want to do, but they're just generally unhappy with what they're doing? Like, how do you help them? Or is there something that they can do at home? to figure out what exactly it is that could be a target career, target job that they should go give it a try without knowing exactly what it is. My my first advice would definitely like 100% be hire a career coach. You know, that's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly, exactly what we are here to do. Like we are mm-hmm. to help you figure that out and hire a professional. Same thing as if you you know, you want to lose weight or you want to live a healthier lifestyle, you would hire a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You're, you're like, you want a career transition and you're not sure what you want to do. Hire a career coach. That's what they're there for. That's what their expertise is. And, you know, they're the professionals. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll be the inv- it'll be the best investment you've ever made. You're going to pay it back in your first paycheck. And you've invested in yourself. You've invested in your career, your personal development, your professional mm-hmm. development, your happiness, your your financial success and financial freedom. So that's mm-hmm. my best advice. And on top of that, and you know, what can you do with, you know, on top of that or outside of having a career coach, my biggest recommendation is just exploration and networking, you mm-hmm. know, learn as much as you can attend events, connect with people that you, that inspire you, that motivate you, that you look up to connect with people that love what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, so you can learn more about the, listen, listen to the work in progress podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Like that's, that's really what you want to be doing. If you're considering a career transition or a career change, or you want to explore opportunities, you should be, you know, reading career blogs and following career coaches mm-hmm. on Instagram and signing up for newsletters and signing up for job sites, um, with the job boards and LinkedIn, exploring on LinkedIn. You should be spending as much time as you can reading about different opportunities, exploring, networking with people, coffee chats, events, and um, that way you'll get greater and greater and greater clarity about what really excites you 
and what what new challenges you want to take on and what sort of uh, piques your interest. Great. Thanks. Um, like my last question is, how can people reach you? Yes. Awesome. My, my door is always open. I love talking to new people. I'm really friendly and uh, mm-hmm. people can always, always reach out to me at any time. I would say my Instagram account is definitely the best play to, place to connect. So it is Coaching. So Athari is A-T-H-A-R-I um, dot career coaching. That is the absolute best place to connect with me. I am also available by email. It's Amanda at Athari.ca, A-T-H-A-R-I. And um, phone is good too. Um, you know, I'm always open to chatting by phone, but I would say like Instagram and and uh, email is the best way to connect with me. Great. We'll be sure to link that in the notes. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Amanda. It's been amazing. I really loved how you share your nonprofit and all the all, all the good things that you're trying to to build um, for women and uh, entrepreneurs and anybody who wants to change their career. So really thank you for that. And also thank you for your time. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. I absolutely loved it and enjoyed it. What you guys are doing is so amazing and so important. Thank you for listening and that's it for this episode. We had a good time talking to Amanda and we hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. If you had any questions or comments or suggestions, feel free to shoot us an email at workingprogressblogs at gmail.com or find us on Instagram. And don't forget to check out our other episodes. Thank you again and have a good day.